Mikaela, cruces domine dignere presiones signatums, od magnitudinis gloria tuve rudimentes sermons, pe custodia mandatorum a tu vorbo, a tu regenerationes gloria pervenire mediato, pe cuyendo questum dominum nostrum. Amen. Oremos, omnipotens en videne deis, Pate Domine nostri Iesu Christi ne spici dignata super hanc pamplum tuum Micaela, qui venturis est judicari vivus et motus, seclum perignum. Amen. And we're back on that Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. You are listening to Dump on the Ump, a baseball podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. Tonight is Tuesday, August 21st. This is Season 4, Episode 28. Broadcasting tonight from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me tonight is Eli. Eli, how's it going? Uh, hey, Joel, it's going pretty well. Coming at you, um, per usual, from the PVD. And um, my hot take is a bit of a jab at you this week, actually, Joel. As our listeners probably know, Joel is a uh, diehard White Sox fan. Um, so he'll be happy to know that the big news coming out of uh, Chicago this week is that Sister Mary Jo Sobiek, who is a nun, uh, threw out an absolute perfect pitch that's getting lots of play all over the internet. Uh, and, and to you know, to her credit, it is pretty incredible. But I did hear rumor that perhaps the White Sox are now going to be signing her <laughs> as a possible ace coming out of uh, you know ringer for the late season. Dude, so, I look. I saw that pitch. I know what you're talking about. That was a good pitch. <laughs> it, was. Yes. it was really cool too. Because she like she did like the kiss to, to God, you know, before yeah. she threw it and then she like pointed at the catcher, sort of like Babe Ruth called his shot. Mm-hmm. And then or and then uh and then she did like a, a bounce off of her bicep before throwing a gem. <laughs> strike right down the middle in her nun clips yes yes that was pretty impressive and you know maybe she she could at least come out of the bullpen for the White Sox <laughs> I'll give you that she could at least come out of the bullpen well I'll switch us up a little bit I was going to start with a different hot take but since you mentioned the White Sox I would also say Chicago is starting their they, they called up Michael Kopech from AAA. He had been lighting it up in Charlotte, in AAA Charlotte. And the Twitter fans have been crying for a while to get him called up to try, you know, just to give us something to look forward to. And he is getting his big league start tonight at home against the Minnesota Twins. And I'm looking at my iPhone right now. Top of the first, men on first and third with nobody out. So, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the big leagues, Michael Kovac. <laughs> well, good for him. We were talking last week for a while about when you do bring up your prospects and um, at what point that happens during the season. And so, you know, you, regardless of how your boy does tonight, it's nice to see that kids get their shot. Yes, and, and yeah, I mean, his first, his first start, you you know, it's not going to go that great, but uh, right now he has infinite whip, so <laughs> hopefully he will get another, uh, get, get an out at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's like those young rookies who, you know, come up and their first at bat is a grand slam or a home run. Right. For this guy's tail will be like, yeah, well, I went up and came back down and now I have an infinite whip. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that must be so hard. That must be so hard if you're 22, 23 years old, your first big league start, you give up back-to-back singles to start your your career. Right. Uh, well, let's not sell them short 
quite yet. Cause right. Still, we'll check in with him at the end of the podcast. How about that? Yeah, let's see how he's doing at the end of the podcast. <laughs> That's a good call. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. You can check us out on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash umpinhemp. You can find us on iTunes, the Apple's iTunes store. Subscribe to Dump on the Ump on the Apple's iTunes store. Give us a rating and a review. Um, last week, we talked a lot about the White Sox, a lot about expectations versus reality, and we had people listen. So thanks, everybody, for listening uh, last week. Uh, Eli, I might have told you this, but do you want to guess which city was our number one last week? I think you sent me some sort of text message during the week that we were doing quite well somewhere in Europe. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, who's the lucky country this week? The lucky country is the Netherlands, Amsterdam. Coming through yeah. in the top in the top city slot this week. So what up, hey, Amsterdam? Amsterdam? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Have you ever been to Amsterdam? I have never been there. How much you do? Yeah, two thousand four. I was in Amsterdam. What'd you do? I was my birthday. It was my twentieth birthday, and we rented those paddle boats. <clears throat> And paddled around the canals of Amsterdam. Excellent. And when we're, Any... when we're off air, I'll tell you what else we did. <laughs> yeah, for your birthday. I'm sure you were there for the architecture. Yeah, the architecture is pretty cool. And we did go to the Picasso Museum, hmm. I think. And Any then... sporting events? No sporting events. Um, hmm. Netherlands, they, they usually, they're the orange, right? They usually have a pretty solid soccer team. Yeah, and don't yeah. they do pretty well in the uh, World Classic Baseball? The I don't baseball know. Baseball Classic? They're in it. I th- yeah. Yeah. So, I th- I, for some reason, I, re- I remember them doing well one year because all of a sudden everyone had Netherlands gear. So maybe, uh, you know, they're just trying to expand their knowledge of the game by tuning into, the, you know, the, the, the center of baseball thought. Yes. Dump on the Dump up. Dump on the up. <laughs> Well, we'll find out. So, shout out to the Netherlands. Number two this week, Seattle, Washington. Those uh, Mariner fans. Are the Mariner fans panicking yet? Well, if you remember from last week, I uh, talked about Robinson Cano, and he uh, he had quite the night yesterday. I think he had three runs, a home run, and four RBIs. So, uh, you know, yeah, who knows? Well, they beat Houston last night. AL West is fascinating, man. I'm just, this yeah. is such a crazy division. Houston and Oakland are tied right now atop the AL West. They're each 75 and 50. Houston's run differential is plus 197. Ooh. Second only to the Red Sox. Oakland is plus 76. Wow. And then three and a half games back are the Seattle Mariners at 72-54. and 54. So it's not like they've dropped off a cliff, right? They're, they're right there. They're right there. Their season run differential is negative 39. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It means that they've got some serious pitching to mm-hmm. write home about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, not much on the offense. Right. Well, I'm I'm pulling for the Mariners, but I've also I mean, I don't know. This probably makes me a bad baseball fan if I'm pulling for all of them. Does that make any sense? <laughs> it's just getting back to your fair weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just ready to root for whoever is there. Yeah, whoever wins the division, I'm rooting for that team. Because <laughs> um, it's fun. It's fun that the Oakland A's are good for some reason this year. Um, and we've always been a Mariners uh, uh, podcast. Even, you know, shout out to Jesse out there somewhere. Uh, Mariner fans by proxy. Yeah, Mar- Mariner fans by proxy. That's one thing, I think I mentioned this before last week, that when we're trolling people on Twitter, I've gotten a lot of 
people responding with, how the hell are you a White Sox fan, a Red Sox fan, and a Mariners fan? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm more than one person. <laughs> I mean, just did that <laughs> but, you should just play play the split person. Yeah, exactly. Like you should do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got to we we got to build that up. The schizophrenic dump on the um, Twitter account. <laughs> so shout out to Seattle in third place. Here we go in third place. We've got a real international viewing audience last week. Third well, place. We are cultured. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Speaking of cultured, Sam is not here right now because he's somewhere in Ireland drunk off his ass. So, True. He said that he might join us. What time is he? Oh, did he? Well, I think no, he... I mean earlier today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, at a reasonable time, and, and but he did say at that point that he was drunk. We hear he's talking about Brexit a lot, so I'm sure he's quite popular too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What time is it in Ireland? Like, it's after midnight there. They're like five or six hours ahead, so yeah. they're, yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see. Hopefully he'll have some stories when he comes back. But, here's here's up your wheelhouse, Eli. Third place, Moscow. Oh! Russia. Huh. They must have listened to all of our doping episodes right. and they want to check in on what the what is the latest. Yeah. And also are they worried about their good buddy Paul Manafort and trying to get all the the latest top uh, top information on the Paul Manafort trial? Well they'd probably be in the wrong place for that, but maybe <laughs> maybe they're looking you know, they're trying to find that Russian doctor that came into hiding in the United States oh, after yeah. he uh after he flipped on them for, you know, telling, spilling the beans on that extravagant piss testing that they did back in the, uh, what was it, the, the Summer Olympics or the Winter Olympics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Summer, right? We have an episode about that. Yeah. Check it out. We've got a couple good Russian doping episodes. Um, well, if you're listening, Russians, we don't know where he is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But please keep listening. Yes, yeah, check us out. Fourth place, uh, Istanbul, Turkey. Hmm. I mean, yeah, like, we, we, we are cultured, we're reaching out. Apparently, nations with authoritarian leaders really like listening <laughs> to us, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I think Turkey's, Turkey's probably just trying to find a little bit of comic relief in yeah. everything that's yeah. going on there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we're here for, uh, and they don't even play baseball, do they? Turkey sounds like a I, cricket country to me. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I'm going to look yeah. it up because, yeah. oh, looks like weightlifting is really big there. Oh, and wrestling maybe? <clears throat> yep. Greco-Roman and, um, wrestling. Handball, basketball, volleyball, track and field, and wrestling. So the Olympics. They like the Olympics. Yes, yeah. they like the Olympics. <laughs> that's cool. Those are fun Olympic events. I always really like watching Olympic wrestling. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm into sumo wrestling. Yeah, sumo Is that an Olympic sport? Uh, it, it definitely was at one point. I don't know if it's one of those things that they took off because, you know, probably not the healthiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get more into our local listeners. Shout out Newburyport, Massachusetts. Bend, Oregon, what up? London, England. Here's one. Hanoi, Vietnam. That's cool. Um, yeah. I think that's one of Sam's friends in Vietnam. Yeah, my buddy lives there. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bowling Green, Ohio. Love Lady, Texas. Portland, Oregon. Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Columbus, Georgia, Newark, New Jersey. So, shout out to everyone who tuned in to last week's episode on the Chicago White Sox. Uh, if you have not checked out that episode, I recommend that you do. And uh, recommend this to your friends. So, thanks everybody, and thanks for staying with us tonight also. Um, That's a pretty good cross-section of both the United States and the globe there. 
Okay. Yeah, that's what I like about it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We've got, you know, we've we've got our, our our regular listeners who are kind of centered around the coasts and champagne, essentially. You're just shaking your head. Did Cleveland just score? Uh, yeah, so I, I'm watching the Red Sox-Cleveland game simultaneous to this podcast. The center fielder, um, Allen, just made an incredible leaving catch. And unless I'm mistaken, I have looked down a couple times, um, unless I'm mistaken, this uh, rookie pitcher for Cleveland is currently pitching a perfect game against the um, offense-heavy Boston Red Sox. Through four, four and a third. That's hard to do. And Cleveland kind of shut Boston down last night, too, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Yeah, the Red Sox are actually on a two-game losing streak, which sounds... Yeah, (laughs) I know. It's weird because they lost two nights ago, and I was kind of mad because it just hasn't happened that often, and so, like... You know, it was against the Rays, too, and I'm like, we had just taken three of four, and I was angry that we didn't sweep them. Right. Um, but then when we lost again last night, that was really weird right. for me as a fan. <laughs> At home. I mean, the Indians the Indi- are good. Like, it's not like you're losing to Kansas City, but... Right. But still... And they... Yeah, I think they're like 13 games above the Twins. and Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about this a couple of times. Cleveland kind of has this unfair free pass through to the playoffs. You mean because the division is so weak? the division weak. is so weak, yeah. Uh, looks like the Red Sox finally got a hit. Oh, good. So so he's one hit. Who's pitching right now? Shane Bieber. Sounds like Justin Bieber's like, less successful brother. <laughs> oh no, he's from Orange, California. Never mind then. But he's got four and two thirds of innings with a, a one hit. Um, yeah. I mean, do the Red Sox have a magic number yet? I mean, oh, they, they do. do but, but are you posting it? Like, is it you know when you pick up the globe, does it have that little countdown number in the corner? So, so the um, I read an article, I guess two weeks ago, and it was forty five. Okay, so that's a lot. Yeah, but yeah. that you know, it's not like that doesn't that goes down pretty quickly right. if you keep winning and teams lose. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's not like it takes forty five games to get there. Yeah, well, that's actually one of the many things I miss about living in Chicago living in a big city, was the local press coverage of the Chicago baseball teams. I remember, I think it was 2009, when both the Cubs and the White Sox were on top of their divisions late in the season, and you had the Tribune posting their magic, you know, competing magic numbers every day in the newspaper. You know, that's just a cool feeling when you're living in a city and kind of experiencing that excitement. The whole city gets excited. Yeah, totally. You know So it looks like it looks like their magic number to get a wild card is down twenty two and to get a first game by a first round by um is that what that denotes? Yeah, first round by in the playoffs and become division winner is twenty seven. Right, and if they win 22 more games, they will have 110 wins. So I'm pretty confident 110 wins should get you in the wild card game. <laughs> <laughs> one, one would hope. Just going out on a limb here, <laughs> making that call. We talked a little bit over text about the Triple Crown. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about MVP race between Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez, but you were asking about the Triple Crown last week. Yeah, so it's it's kind of an interesting thing going on with the Red Sox right now uh, in that they have not one player who's incredible 
offensively, but two, and this is, of course, putting aside their pitching, which has also been tremendous. Um, but with J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez currently uh, is our DH, and he's leading the uh, major leagues in both RBIs and home runs. To get the Triple Crown, he would also need the batting title for batting average. And that is currently being held by Mookie Betts, who is our leadoff hitter uh, and a American League MVP frontrunner, some would say. I, uh, I would say. Yeah, most a lot of people would yeah. say. Yeah, we, uh, we, we had dub on the ump. We got on that bandwagon early in the season. Yeah, like pushing. 2015, maybe. Yeah, Sam did at least. <laughs> Sam did talking Mookie Betts forever. But yeah, this is, we are official HQ of the Mookie Betts for MVP campaign right here. Yeah, I think Sam was rooting for Mookie Betts MVP when he was playing in double A. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the question I had posed to these guys, and I'll pose it to you again on the air now, Joel, is do you think at any point in the clubhouse, in the dugout, Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez have a conversation that says, hey, Mookie, you know, all I need is that batting title that you currently hold. Any chance you can sort of step on the brakes a little bit? <laughs> or... You know, our, our, our players too above all that shit, and uh, it's not even being discussed. Here's here's my answer. I'm trying to look up the the stats right now. Here it is. Uh, oh, he's closed. Oh, interesting. It's closed. So, so it, it was a lot. It was a, lo- a bit of a skid right yeah. now. So I know, maybe they had that. that conversation. Yeah, that's amazing because last time we asked that. I think Mookie was at 350, and Martinez was at 333. And my original reaction was, he's too far ahead. Like, he's got a really slump to to get past. But, excuse me, it's now Betts is down, is quote-unquote down to a mere 344 batting average on the season. (laughs) Which is amazing when you think about that. That's just, that's so good. And Martinez is second place with 332. Ahead of Altuve, third place with 329. And Mike Trout's all the way in eighth place at 309. That kind of surprises me. Um, so yeah, I'm sure they have that conversation, and I'm sure Mookie Betts is like, up yours, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> you you want to pass yeah. me, pass me. Um, and, and my big thing about that is the only reason Martinez has so many OBIs is that Betts is always on base. Right? Right. Yeah, we, we sort of got into this a little bit in the text message, and I think Sam and I got a little snippy at each other because (laughs) he wants to go all sabermetrics on it. And, and I agree, yes. J.D. Martinez is getting lots and lots of RBIs because Mookie Betts is getting on base, uh, but he's still making those RBIs happen himself. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I don't, like, they need, they, is J.D. Martinez good because Mookie Betts is good? Absolutely. Yes. But. He's still just good in his own right because yes. he he'd be having those hits and maybe just not the RBIs, right? Uh, and and maybe the leading batting average is not Mookie Betts. <laughs> well, and yeah, no, I'm sure it's friendly competition. I'm sure that that's the the attitude in the clubhouse right now. Um, and beyond the sabermetrics, though, if I'm Mookie Betts and JD Martinez starts talking trash about the triple crown, that's what I would say. I would say, dude, you've only got those OBIs because I'm always on base in front of you. <laughs> so if you want yeah. me to stop hitting, I'll stop hitting, but then you're not getting like a third of your OBIs anymore. <laughs> that would be That's true. That's true, yeah. but, uh, you know, 
Benintendi, who's bad second, is also has kind of a ridiculous on base percentage right. himself. So right. Right. it's not just Mookie Betts. So there you could guys. actually get the clubhouse uh, politics and and, and gamesmanship <laughs> going on. So what we shouldn't see is Martinez going to Benintendi and like being like, "Yo, bro, start getting on base so that we can get bets off." Or, or like hit. <laughs> Do a lot of sack flies so you get bets off of, or not sack flies, fielder's choices. I need Ben and Teddy to always hit into a fielder's choice to get bets off base. <laughs> you know it. that term, first world problems? Is that one of them? <laughs> no, this is like baseball team first world right. problems. You right. know? It's like we have, we have to scheme to see who should get on base <laughs> and who should <laughs> knock in RBIs. <laughs> Meanwhile, the White Sox are yeah. recruiting a nun to come out of their bullpen. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, I wanted uh, huge. I'm I'm just on baseballreference.com right now, so I'm geeking out on you know three digit numbers, and this is crazy. Now, Mike Trout is he still hurt? Mike the Weatherman Trout, I mean. Mike the Weatherman Trout, I believe, is still on the DL. So that's actually probably been the biggest boost to Mookie Betts' AL MVP campaign. Yeah, I think, you know, before he went off in the DL, he was slipping a bit. And maybe yeah. that, it, you know, he was battling something. And that's eventually what landed him there. But for the last, like, couple of weeks before he went on the DL, I feel like Mike the Weatherman Trout was not performing like the weatherman's known to perform. <laughs> the weatherman always performs. <laughs> um, well, I'm looking at stats right now. So, so Betts is the MLB. I'm, this is MLB, not AL. Betts is the MLB leader in batting average at 344. And Trout's batting average is a mere, again, mere in quote, 309. But on base percentage... Betts is number two with 430, and Trout is number one with 459. That means he gets 150 points off of just walking, right? Is he a walk machine? J.D. Martinez? No, Mike the Weatherman Um, Trout. Mike the Weatherman Trout. He is uh, incredibly patient at the plate. That's one of the reasons why he's so good at hitting is that he, him and Mookie Betts are a lot, uh, very much the same in this regard, where they don't chase a lot of bad pitches. Yeah. That, uh, well, hold on, I don't know if I want to segue into the old men who hate baseball these days, but I've been reading a lot of, I've been reading a lot of those baseball is doomed articles lately, and it's got me mad. Um, <laughs> So, man. Where did that come from? You just like went from baseballreferences.com <laughs> to like curmudgeons in the baseball world. Right. Well, all these curmudgeons, I think the last one, I don't even remember the last one I read was, where, you know, we, we've talked about this. Too many people are striking out. Too, uh, you know, everyone's just going for three true outcomes. The shift has ruined uh, BABIP. There are no balls placed in play. And it makes baseball more boring than it already is. Because you go 15, 20 minutes at a time between a ball actually being put into play. You only have home runs, excuse me, and strikeouts. But I like strikeouts. Uh, (laughs) Strikeouts are exciting. Uh, You know, and these are just old guys who want us to go back to stealing bases and squeeze plays and hit and runs, which I understand. Um, Oh, that was my point. My point was guys are not walking as much as they used to. So when we talk the sabermetrics of it, we've got two out of three. Home runs are at an all-time high, and strikeouts have skyrocketed. But walks have not reached all-time high. Which, you know, lots of walks would not make baseball more exciting. But that seems to be a true mark of a great hitter like Mike Trout, like Mookie Betts. That they're patient and able to get lots of walks. Yeah, and I I think as we've talked before in past days, of course, 
expanded the strike zone as well. So yeah. that gives them even more credit because uh, whereas batters who may have been considered patient when they were playing, say, in college or even in younger leagues, they give up that ability to be as patient when playing with a bigger strike zone. So mm. it's even more impressive when you have someone who's good at walking uh, now. It just you, I don't know how they do it. I mean, how, how can you not swing at that? Yeah. 91 mile an hour slider that's breaking away from you and like you it's incredible yeah and and that is incredible that's another thing is has pitching gotten too strong I think we've talked about this before but you've got Chris Sale you got Max Schozo you've got Justin Verlander those are three surefire Hall of Famers and there are more Hall of Famers pitching right now, but those are the three that Clayton Kershaw, that's four. Um, these guys are pitching at a level that I don't think anyone has ever seen before. And so has has the game actually shifted too far to the advantage of the pitcher? Well, it's probably a mix of the two, right? Because, yes, the, the pitcher's appear to be more dominant but like we said there are more strikeouts and more home runs which means that batters are taking bigger hacks at the ball so if you're less disciplined at the plate and you're swinging more often and taking gigantic swings it seems logical that pitchers are going to look better because their strikeouts are going to be up so do you place any value on the theory that it's worthwhile just to make contact? Well, I am neither an MLB coach, <laughs> a general manager, and or a player. Or a batting coach. <laughs> or a batting coach. But um, I don't know. You know, like It used to be a big deal that a pitcher had uh, 10 strikeouts in a game. And now it seems like, you know, for the top two pitchers in every rotation, that's like the average, you know? Yeah. So, so it's, yeah, but just the style of hitting has in some ways made it a little, there's just a little less action. Like, yes, there are home runs, which are super exciting, but there's also fewer, like, plays going on in deep short, which are also super exciting, result in an out, and you won't probably ever think of them again, but they're not happening because everyone is swinging for the fences. Right, right, right. (laughs) So I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago. I wanted to share this last week, but never got the opportunity because I was thinking about BABIP, uh, batting average on balls in play. And the theory is that everyone's BABIP is going to be about 300. That when you put a ball into play, you know, there will be some variance on how good the defense is, but not a whole lot. And so over time, your BABIP is going to be 300. And so the only way to change that is not strike out and hit lots of home runs. Because home run, no, by definition, nobody ever catches a home run. Unless we go to XLB rules, in which case the fans <laughs> can throw the ball back and the ball is still in play, which I think may be a great idea. But then that got me thinking about Ted Williams and his 400 average. And I was trying to do the math in my head, and I'm not that great at math, but I was like, wait a minute, nobody can hit a 400 over a season if their BABIP is 300. That's, like, logically impossible. And Ted Williams, so I looked it up. I don't have the stats in front of me, by the way. Ted Williams was not really a home run hitter. I think his his career high for a season was 29 or 30 home runs in a season, right? And, which is good, which is good, but... Which is good in his era as well. Yeah. Don't forget, too, that over 20 home runs for anyone when he was playing was a big deal. 
Right, that's true. But the big thing that I found was, A, he basically never struck out. Like, that was his thing. He would never strike out. And then his BABIP was always higher. Over the course of 20 seasons, his BABIP was at or below league average three times. So 17 out of 20 seasons, he had a BABIP higher than the league average. Uh, marked, what was it? Well, in 19... I don't know what his career was, but I could probably look that up. In 1952, the average BABIP was 280. No, 270... Oh, God. 1952, league average BABIP was 271. Ted Williams' BABIP was 429. Ow! <laughs> Like, that's insane. Babbitt in it out of the park on that one. Right. So you can't argue that it's luck. Like, Babbitt, it, like, maybe it's some luck, but you can't do it. You can't do that because of luck. Um, no. In, that's four, incredible. In 41, he had a 378 Babbitt. 48, it was 368. And what's this? 57, it was 367. He probably had a BABIP over 300 for his career. Um, and so I read, actually, I went online and I found an interview with old Ted Williams. And he apparently got old and curmudgeonly in his old age and, like, hung out with uh, George H.W. Bush a lot. Uh, sounds like a... Wait, did you say old... Old Ted Williams as opposed to new Ted Williams because I'm pretty sure he's six feet deep. <laughs> new idea, clone Ted Williams. <laughs> Make him hit for Babbitt. Make him teach everybody how to hit for Babbitt. Yeah. yeah. Just have, it, have him like come back with his head and be the batting coach for... The Chicago White Sox. The Chicago White Sox. Red Sox don't really need a batting coach. They're doing okay. <laughs> uh, he said in this interview in the 90s, I think it was, that the reason he was able to hit because he got to see... Because pitchers would go three times through the lineup. And by the third time through the lineup, he could figure out what a pitcher was going to throw. And he could hit what a pitcher was going to throw. And yeah. now we don't do that anymore. You never see a pitcher three times. Well, very rarely will you see a pitcher three times. Yeah, well, just in general now, because uh, that, that, if you look at statistics, third time through, batting averages go against the pitcher will go up tremendously. Right. So it wasn't, it wasn't just Ted Williams who was doing that. Right. And, and that also lends itself to why that, you know, coaches in today's game, are uh, justifying bringing in their reliever in this fifth inning. Yeah, yeah. Corey Kluber pitched against the Red Sox last night, and he is averaging seven and a third innings per start or something. And that's a lot. Which is incredible yeah. by today's standards. Like, pitchers come out after five, and it's even if they're pitching, like, lights out baseball, yeah. they'll take them out, which is kind of, in my mind, a little boring, but mm -hmm. whatever. Maybe I'm just one of those curmudgeons. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of boring, how terrible are the Washington Nationals? I was going to mention that. Yeah, let's switch over a little bit. Let's get to the National League. So the big news in baseball today and I apologize, I need to get some of my goddamn Illinois Chicago Cub fans on this podcast. Because I've got a million of them. They're all very annoying. Uh, but, but, listen to the podcast, guys. But, the Cubs picked up Daniel Murphy from the Washington Nationals today. So, Eli, is this the signal that the Nationals are, you know, they're 62 and 63? Seven and a half out of the NL East lead. Are they calling it quits? Uh, I think absolutely they're calling it quits. And um, the Daniel Murphy trade was definitely the sign of it because they essentially gave him up uh, 
I mean, not for nothing, but he's been batting, I think, something like 390 since the All-Star break. Oh, damn. Uh, so if you're going to give someone up, like, and you're going for, uh, you're going for the division or you're going for playoffs, why would you give up your hottest hitter? Yeah. And then secondly, they, um, they almost gave up their slugger there, whatever his name, I'm blanking. Harper? Harper. Yeah. Yeah, They almost traded him to the Dodgers, but then they learned the Dodgers were going to pick him up on waivers. And so not give the nationals any, any extra perks other than to just pay his contract. And so the nationals were like, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if you're going to give up Harper and you're giving up your hottest hitter, obviously they're waving the white flag. Yeah. And, uh, which is uh, so embarrassing in my mind for national fans, because every single year with that team, it's like, We've got the talent, we've got the fans, we've got the beauty, 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 and then here we are in the lead up to the playoffs. Yeah. They're not going to even get to the playoffs. Oh, no, you're there. No, I'm there. I, yeah. for, and for everyone who couldn't see me because we were on a podcast, I was shaking my head in disappointment. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in my in the last several years, it's been the Nationals get to the playoffs, nice. The Nationals get to the playoffs, and then l- l- disappoint in the playoffs. But this year, they're not even getting that far. Now, here's my question for you. It says here, and this is according to NBCSports.com. Listen to me. Uh, the Cubs are acquiring Daniel Murphy... For prospect Andrew Monasterio and player to be named later. That doesn't even sound like a huge haul. Maybe this Monasterio guy is hot, but it doesn't sound like. It sounds like the Nationals are not getting a huge return for for movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's clear that they're they're they have their minds to next season. Yeah. And I don't I don't know the terms of Daniel Murphy's contract, but it was, you know, he probably gets paid a lot. Yeah, Murphy's hitting and they, three hundred. Murphy's hitting three hundred, three forty one, four forty two on the season. So that's pretty good. Um, and then the Nats also traded Matt Adams to St. Louis. Right yeah. for like nobody, right? Yeah, that's really yeah. That is kind of sad. Like I'm no Washington Nationals fan, but. This is how it ends. This is how it ends. You would be if they were making the playoffs. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man, this team is sad. I don't want to be there. I don't want to get on this bandwagon. Uh, <laughs> nah, go, go uh, Braves. I'm a Braves fan, man. Always have been. I've always been in that land of Braves, man. Yeah, uh, in all honesty, though, I am kind of excited about that team because... Um, they haven't, like, you know, they used to be so good back in the Greg Maddox day. Like, right. automatic playoff team. The heartbreak of New York Mets fans. Um, but they really sort of fell off after that dynasty of pitching. Mm-hmm. Did they only end up winning one World Series? Or did they win multiple? You know? Yeah, no, I can't remember. Yeah, look that up. They were certainly there, like, every yeah. year. Well, because they, they beat the Indians. That was, the Indians came really close in 96, I want to say. Um, and right. that was a big year, because you had your two Native American named teams against each other. Rememberable. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, 1995 was when they won, and the... Time before that was 1957. So, yeah, they only won once yeah. with that right. incredible I always, pitching. I always remember I'm surprised by that because they always made it to the playoffs. They were always on top of the division. 
and they were always on fucking TNT and TVS. Yeah, because Ted Turner owned them. Yeah, and it was the 90s, and they were the only team that had a national... They had their own national cable channel. I lived in Bend, Oregon, and I was 10 years old. And I'm like, oh, the Atlanta Braves are on again. I guess I'll watch this. Yeah, it would be like really exciting if the Red Sox had an international series against them because they'd be on TV for like three days during the week, which was not a thing before they landed their full-time TV contract. Uh, That's pretty funny. Um, Yeah, and they're good. They've got Acuna Jr. Um, They are up one game right now on the Phillies. Um, Here's another crazy thing. Sticking with the NL for a little while and my obsession with the run differential. Right now, the best run differential in the National League is the LA Dodgers. They have a plus 111 run differential on the season. They are two games out of the wild card. They are not in the playoffs right now. That's some bad pitching. Yeah. What... What the fuck, Koshaw? <laughs> yeah, that's that. I mean, I guess I'm not ready to discount the Dodgers right now. Um, they're two and a half games behind Arizona in the NL West, and they are one and a half games behind the Colorado Rockies. The Rockies, who have a negative. 12 run differential. Um, but yeah. I'm sorry, they're only two games out. That NL wild card is going to be crazy. Milwaukee, Philadelphia, St. Louis, and Colorado. Philadelphia, wow. St. Louis, and Colorado, as of right now, are all tied for the second wild card in the National League. Alright. Yeah. So we could have some play in games for our wild card playoff game, hypothetically speaking. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That it's it's awesome that there are some close races out there because there are some really not close races out there too. Right. Well we've talked about the weird I, I don't know, I've never sat down and graphed this, but if you graphed Like on a line graph, like on a bell curve, the winning percentages in the American League versus the National League, you would see two basically opposite graphs, where the AL would have a bunch of teams grouped up really high and have a bunch of really crappy, crappy, crappy teams, like the Chicago White Sox, and then the NL would be much more a regular distribution of teams. With everybody kind of clumped up together. I mean, the Cubs have the best record in the NL, and they're below Boston, Cleveland, Houston, Oakland, the Yankees, and Seattle. Oh, man. (laughs) That's something right there. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But... That's incredible. The worst team in the NL is the... Milwaukee, I mean San Diego Padres. And they've got a better record than the White Sox, Kansas City, or Baltimore. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, so the, 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 uh, whatever, the, 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 the middle ground for the NL is much closer than yeah. the AL. So, uh, I'm not willing to say that that makes the NL more compelling, though. I maybe this is just my bias because you still have who's gonna get the AL wild card. Well, maybe that's all you got. Yeah. yeah. Well, the and the AL West is and the AL West. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean that it's any more compelling, but it will make it more exciting when it's coming down to the wire. Yeah. 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 I mean, like that. I wouldn't say that the AL. The, the American League has been boring to watch this year by any by any means. But I would say that it will not likely be as hot a final two weeks as it will be in the National League. 
Yeah. And we're all AL guys, anyway. I'm just kind of thinking mm-hmm. like that. Right. <laughs> I guess. Speaking of which, I feel like, I feel like we, like, completely brush over Arizona. <laughs> like, right. We've never talked about that team ever. <laughs> and so we, we should all do like a little homework. Because about the Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about them. They've got Granky and uh, Paul Goldschmidt. That's it. Uh, still? <laughs> yeah, still. Granky is, Granky is playing for the, the, the D-Bags. And... I mean, Arizona, I think we've played this game where what what is the last Major League Baseball team you think of? It's the Arizona Diamondbacks, man. That's the, if, I, if you're like, name all the MLB teams, the last one you're going to name is Arizona. Because, like, what? Arizona, okay, right. You'll, I mean, you'll name San Diego and Miami because they're trash and hilariously <laughs> trash. Uh, <laughs> You know, what? you'll name Milwaukee because they're named after beer. You'll name Kansas City because they just won the World <laughs> Series like three goddamn years ago. Yeah. yeah. Arizona's a lot. Is co- Arizona the most recent MLB team? Uh, in the recent expansion, they should be tied with someone. Possibly. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. That makes sense. Are you looking that up? Uh, no. No. Um, but I remember that. I think I remember those two coming into the league together. And then Miami and Colorado came in together before them. Cause the, the the newest four are Miami, Arizona, Colorado, Tampa Bay, and that's why the okay. that's why the NL had sixteen to fourteen for a while until they moved Houston. Okay. And. Then, but also Houston, yeah, okay. Houston was so the Diamond. The Diamondbacks come in before Houston moved to the AL? Or? A long time before. Okay. A long time before. They all, because the Diamondbacks beat the Yankees in the 2001, right? September 11th, right. They won. The 01 World Series, which nobody remembers. Everybody remembers fucking Derek Jeter hitting a world uh, a home run in November, right? Because it was the first first ever MLB game played in the month of November. And then nobody goes on to mention that the goddamn Arizona Diamondbacks won that series. I don't know if you could ever forget that, actually, because it was... <laughs> wasn't it Randy Johnson and... Kurt um, Schilling. Kurt, yeah. Kurt Schilling? Yeah, Kurt Schilling was on that team. Randy Johnson was coming out of the bullpen like every game. <laughs> hey, Randy Johnson was amazing. Talk about- <laughs> yeah. We've never talked about him on this podcast. <laughs> Love that guy. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, he is a jump on the up favorite. Yeah, we might want to put him in the uh, Hall of Fame with uh, mm. Bartolo Colon and drunk Alex Ovechkin. It's true. Yeah. He may be he may be a first balloter in our next induction. Yeah, that's a good call because that yeah. guy's so tall and like really good at throwing baseballs. Yeah, and <laughs> killed the bird with a pitch. Killed the bird. I'm about that. I guess here's the one thing that's memorable about the Arizona Diamondbacks is that those teams had the crazy cool '90s teal and purple uniforms. The, yeah. That looked like Saved by the Bell or something like that. Well, those uniforms are great. Yeah, they pulled the 90s into the 2000s yeah. unapologetically. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're, we're running low on time. Uh, oh. I wanted to do a shout-out to uh, Siena, Italy. If you're listening, congratulations to... House Lupa winning the Palio, the uh, biannual horse race in Siena, Italy. I want to post. Bravissimo! I, I, I can't do this race justice. This is the coolest goddamn horse race ever. It runs clockwise around a medieval Italian square and bareback horse racing. 
And in this medieval town of Siena, which I think is about twenty or 30,000 people, I'm not sure, the, the city is divided up into neighborhoods. And each neighborhood has a mascot. So Lupa is a rabbit, there's snail, there's elephant, there's rhino, there's giraffe. And they each, uh, you know, put a horse into this race. And it's a huge uh, 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 point of pride to win the polio once, once they win it twice a year. Here's my favorite thing about the polio. The jockey does not have to cross the finish line in order to win. Just the horse has to cross the finish line in order to win. And wait, there, <laughs> wait, wait. Yes. Wait. So somebody's on the grassy knoll and takes out the jockey, but the horse still makes it across the finish line. <laughs> they it win. still gets the purse? It, it wins, yep. <laughs> That's incredible. And there is one turn. It, I mean, they've got a turn for you. Yeah, you should Google this. That's called, like, the turn of death, which is literally a 90-degree right turn on bareback going full speed. <laughs> Every year, somebody wipes out on that turn. It is super violent. Wow. And, 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 you know, it's, Anyone ever die? Uh, not in a while, but I know people have died. And they've been running this race for like 700 years. Um, I would actually be interested when the last time somebody died was. The other thing is, it's a great disgrace to finish second in the polio. Uh, and so I, I feel like, I, I can't say if anyone's died... But certain jockeys have had certain bodily harm committed upon them <laughs> for finishing second. Some health problems yeah. after finishing second? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Some sudden illnesses? Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, did, does, does, is it worse to come in second place than it is to come in last place? Yes, yes. Second is, yes, a lot. You would much rather wow. come in last place than second place. Do not come in second place. And you you can YouTube uh, a lot of polio now, which I think takes something out of it. I, uh, I was in Italy in the year 2000 and saw the polio then. And, and you know, that was before the, the age of YouTube. And, man, that was fucking something. That was crazy. wish I could remember who won that race. Uh, you know, and, and it's a very narrow track in this medieval Italian city, and the center is packed with people. It's like a mosh pit inside. <laughs> Sounds dangerous. Yeah, it is dangerous. It's really dangerous. It's all the sweaty Italians <laughs> who are really psyched about this. Excuse me. So, so I just had to give a shout out to that. I think we need more, uh, something about, um, more sports where the animal can actually win, you know? Like, the horse wins. The jockey doesn't win. The horse wins. Right. Yeah. It'd be funny if, like, the horse became conscious of that fact right. and, like, if the jockey was sucking, would just kick it off. Yes, that's exactly what, yeah, exactly. Man, you like, suck. I'm doing this on my own. Yeah, you steer worth shit. Yeah. I got this. I, yeah. <laughs> um, or like the Iditarod. Like, what if the... Wait, wait, wait. I got a question. I got a question. Yeah. So, for these... For this horse race specifically, where you don't need the jockey to finish, does that do they train the horses differently? Whereas, like, as part of their training for this race, they have the jockey fall off and then like try to tame the beast to continue without him. Oh, I'm sure. You know they, what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. I bet you they do. Um, because. Well, actually, I don't It'd be know. tough to do. It'd be tough to do. 
But well, when you watch it, the horse doesn't really have a choice. It is a very mm. narrow track, crowded in with There's lots. only one way out. There's, really, there's only one, <laughs> you know, in the mind of a horse, the horse is generally going to do the same thing, which is keep running forward <laughs> until I can't <laughs> run forward anymore. I bet you that that rule came about some years ago when there was a dispute and a bunch of people got bodily harms of over it after the race was over. You can watch watch this year's polio as soon as the 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 guy is still on the horse in this case. As soon as the winning horse crosses, dude, sweaty Italians come like pouring in, like grab the horse, grab the guy. You know, they're super <laughs> excited and like cheering, but like that horse has got to be feeling a little claustrophobic at that point. <laughs> I just ran for like three minutes, and now everybody's grabbing me, and this is super stressful. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's got to be hard to be a horse. Or not, you know, then you get studded out, and that's awesome. Yeah, you yeah. just got to win a couple times, and then... Yeah. And then you're gold. Yeah. And you're in, <laughs> then you're in horsey heaven. I'm going to play that later. Ah, stop. I wanted to listen to this song. Um, all right. Cool. So, we're at an hour right now. Cool. Playoffs what? are still a ways away. We still got two months to the playoffs. A lot of baseball left to be played. Red Sox magic number is 22. Uh, <laughs> oh, for the wild card. For the wild card. For, for the, the playoffs. Card, 22, the, 27 yeah. for the division. Right, so they got to win 115 games to win the division. <laughs> <laughs> Any last thoughts? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, no. <laughs> that can't be. That can't be good. Uh, if if the Yankees win every single last game, if the Yankees go undefeated the rest of the way out, then the Red Sox have to win 115 games to win the division. Yeah, we actually went through a surprisingly uh, long part of this podcast without shitting on the Yankees once, so I suppose oh. I should probably get that in right now. Yeah, do it. Uh Didi Gregoria, who's been sort of the only shining bright light for them in a while, um, just went on the DL today. Oh, so. nice. <laughs> I didn't burr, hear that. Wah, wah, wah. What, what for? Uh, like a stress fracture? No, 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 no. That was you, uh, Darvish. I can't remember. Huh. Uh, yeah, you, Darvish is out for the season. Which... Right. Sadly, is worse for my fantasy team than for the actual Chicago Cubs for some reason. <laughs> I feel like that guy is injury prone. I feel like he's injured yeah. all the time. Yeah, I feel I feel bad for him, but that he's he's in bad shape, man. That guy. Twins White Sox are in a zero zero delay, so Kopech got out of it. What in it? It was the second. I'm trying to load it right now. It's not telling me what inning it is. Uh, well, hey, it might be a memorable rain-out first start for him yeah, after all. Right. <laughs> hey, I got a rain-out, no decision. <laughs> and my and my whip is still infinity. <laughs> well, what? No. Oh, yeah. No, he got out. He got out of the inning. He got out of oh, the right, inning. So right. The whip's not infinity anymore. <laughs> There's got to be somebody whose EOA is infinity, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those guys who come up for like one day, yeah, pitch an inning, give up three runs, yeah, and never see the MLB again. Yeah, <laughs> that would that would suck. I mean, I guess you'd get to say bottom of the second, rained out. Bottom of the second, he's gotten through two innings, giving up three hits. That ain't bad. Yeah. No runs. Good. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Totally. Yeah. Cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Um, this has been Dump on the Ump. You can check us out on SoundCloud, 
Apple iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Dump on the Ump. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Uh, we have an Instagram that Jesse's supposed to be running, but I don't think he does anything with it. Although I haven't checked it. Uh, maybe Jesse has actually secretly been super active <laughs> on Instagram for the last several months. Just sneakily feeding the beast. It's all baby pictures, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Although, hey, uh, I forget to say this a lot, but you can email us, dumpontheump at gmail.com, if you got any, you know, you want to yell at me, or you've got any great ideas for us to talk about in the future. Um, cool. Thanks very much, Eli. You got anything, last words? Last, last words? Last, last words. Well, our um, just that our walk on music today was Italian and um, in a salute to the race that Joel yeah. was talking yeah, about. Yeah, we, so. we were talking about uh, mafia, Italians. We had another connection to that, too. Maybe like the Red Sox, something like that. I forget. Oh, the nun, the pitching nun. That was it. Right, the Catholic Church. Yeah. We're going to go off to Simon and Garfunkel just because I have the song stuck in my head. And it's got the words Joe DiMaggio in it. Also, side note, and here's what I'll leave you with. How the hell was Joe DiMaggio a sex symbol when he was a super ugly guy? Have you ever seen pictures of Joe DiMaggio? That's not uh-huh. attractive. How did he land Marilyn Monroe? Dude, dude's not a handsome man. Good at baseball, but not a handsome man. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Baseball. 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 (laughs) Good night. Have a pleasant evening and a wonderful tomorrow. Pretty excellent. Pretty excellent stuff.